I got my first real podcast. Downloaded it at Spotify. Listened to it until my ears bled. It was a podcast called Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me. The only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares themselves to each other. That didn't sound right. And compares them against each other to determine what really happened last summer. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my lover from 50 years ago. Alex Mildenberger. I too am trying to compare myself to myself and find out how I stack up. Yeah, that's the... that's called learning right that's called growing as a human being and that's the theme of this summer the Mm -hmm. summer of 19 the summer of 19 um yeah i guess speaking of that alex hashtag better for september you went rock climbing again anything else to report i did that again um nothing super new but like i've got some plans come like i decided i want to i got this problem and i think a lot of people have this problem but i because i hope it's not just me but mm-hmm. maybe it's just me where I'll like spend a lot of time on YouTube and like, let's watch this thing. This is all these videos about all these things. And then you pick up this and that detail about, you know, books and movies. But I'm not watching any of these movies and I'm not reading any of these books. So I'm like, I got to actually do that. You know, I got to spend some time consuming like some some really meaty things instead of just what someone thinks about something. So uh, that's another thing I've decided to do and i watched a movie yesterday i don't normally watch movies just out of the blue it was very exciting so alex you're watching a lot of of like think piece media related to way things too you've much never seen before it's just a, yeah. like a bad habit you know you put it on as like sound in the background basically it mm-hmm. could be something i could actually be watching something with that time you know yeah because yeah it, you essentially take a bunch of like small bites like five, ten minute videos, but you watch so many of them that it becomes feature length, right? And you're like, yeah, well, I could exactly. have actually watched one of the movies that I just learned about. Yeah, so like I'll be talking to someone about a movie and then like no details and be like, actually, I've never seen it. Because like, but yeah, it's ridiculous and it's <laughs> not that these these videos have no merit at all. It's just a, too much. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I've, I've done that too. I, I didn't see Die Hard until I was like 20. Be like new. Two. I think you said, yeah, you, you watched it with your family or something, and you were like talking about different things that were going to happen, but you had never yeah. seen it. Yeah. I know. And I was like, look at this. And I was like, you know, the, the reason they did this, like, I just knew too much about Die Hard for <laughs> someone who had never seen it. Yeah. So hopefully I can actually follow through with this. But so far, I watched one movie. Um, what did you watch? I watched Raising Arizona. It's been on my list for a while. Oh, okay. That's a Nicolas Cage one, right? Yeah, that's Nick Cage. It's like the Coen brothers. Ah. And uh, it's... It's been called... It's been said, as, you know, I, I as uh, the media I've consumed has said, um, it is comparable to, like, a Looney Tunes cartoon. But they never really, okay. like, address that. Things just, like, weird stuff happens. Like, that's just the physics of the world. Like, Like, it'll have a shot where he punches a guy, and then... The next shot, it'll like show the you know the consequences of that action. But like the guy's been punched like ten feet back, and like it just it doesn't like comment on it. It just happens. So it's right. like that kind of thing. It's amusing. That is amusing. Yeah. Um, how does it compare to Con Air? Uh, I would say it's a better movie than Con Air, but Con Air's definitely got that cheese factor. Hell and yeah. Steve Buscemi, who is not in this movie. Yeah, and gross mullet Nick Cage. 
Um, he's definitely got an interesting hairstyle. Is it a mullet or is it just long, greasy hair? <laughs> it, I'd say it's definitely greasy. 100%. Undoubtedly. So are you now, are you uh, going to, as a, as a secondary better for September goal, watch less think pieces and watch more movies instead? Is that the idea here? Well, not just watch movies. Just try to use my time more effectively. Right. And, you know, that's part of bettering myself, I think. I would agree with that, Alex. Now, about, as for myself... Yeah, yeah, what's, what's going on with your, your endeavors? Hashtag better for September. Um, I've been procrastinating on writing that blog post, so hopefully that'll be up last, last Tuesday. Hopefully that'll have been up a week ago. Okay, cool. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a hot load of shit on my plate today, so... I'm just I'm just cruising through it, but uh, more things on the horizon, you know. We, we I I got ideas cooking. There's been no emails to our uh, to our corporate email address. That's covermepod at gmail dot com. If you guys want to reach out to us, ask ask us a question, leave us a comment, come up with any sort of discourse with us. That'd be fucking rad. Yeah. Covermepod at gmail dot com. Check it out. Check it out. Be well, sure I've... to rate and review us. Subscribe. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, Podbean. Pod String Bean. Hey. All kinds of beans. They're all good, most of them. All kinds of beans. So that's uh, that's been our housekeeping. Yeah. Let's... Actually, you know what? There's one more goal I have. I have a goal. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, try to incorporate the phrase catch the fever into my speech more often. But I thus far have completely forgotten to and not done it even once. What are you, Tom Sawyer? Yeah. What? <laughs> Is that a Tom doesn't Sawyer? He, doesn't he say that? I catch the fever! Catch the spirit, I think. Catch the spit. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Why catch the fever? I don't know. I read someone said it and I said, yeah, I want that part of my part of the words I say. So that's on the list. Who said it? In what context? It's just somebody on the internet. I could have been anyone. In what context? Is it like some comment? I don't even remember. Catch the fever. Is it, is it supposed to be like get in on it? Like yeah, like get into it. Hey man, catch the fever. Yeah. So we'll see if that happens or not. All right. Well, <laughs> hashtag catch the fever. Anyone? We're talking about the <laughs> summer of '69. I got my first real six string. By Brian Adams, a fellow Canadian, released in the year 1984. Which y'all might recognize as the year we became a police state. 1984. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> we, we only did it for that year. Just and the one we year? We were done yeah. with it. Wow. Tried it. Was like, I don't know about this. Yeah, so it's by Brian Adams, but it was also co-written by... Oh, damn it. Jim I forgot Valance. to write his name down. The guy, he's Jim from Valance. prison. He's in prison. Prism. He was in Prism for an the album, band. the first album. And then he left. And then he left because he didn't like touring. He was the original drummer and songwriter, which means he's responsible for hit, hit songs like Spaceship Superstar and uh, Take Me to the Captain, which I found out this week is spelled with a K. Oh, yes, I knew that, but I don't remember why. Um, yeah, and he's uh, he has... He, Jim Valance holds a record for like the most uh, Junos for best composer. Because he works with other artists? 
yeah, he just fucking works. He's like, <laughs> he's strangely enough, like a very big deal. So if he writes a song with like, I'm on his Wikipedia page now, let's say mm-hmm. Alice Cooper, and it right. does well, can he still win a Juno? Right, because is it Canadian like, or not, is it... Yeah, is it still count as Canadian or is it like an American song by an American group or whatever non-Canadian? I wonder, because, you know, we we all still count, I think, and maybe we all as being generous, but <laughs> I always count the inventor, the invention of basketball as a Canadian thing, even though it was invented in America. It was done by a Canadian, right? Yes. That's, that's so, the story. That was in a commercial once, wasn't it? There was, was like, it? an ad, and they were, like, playing with, bas- like, actual baskets, and they, like, stuck a... I don't know. Yeah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and then everybody shot up insulin afterwards, and they were like, I fucking love Canada. Oh, uh, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I can't confirm or deny that commercial. Anyway, yeah, don't worry, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. It's to, to go back to your, it's, it's the problem of, uh, maybe you have to treat it like, uh, like Canadian television programming, right? Where in order to have a television station here, you need it to be like 70% Canadian content. Right, the content and like the people who work on the show and stuff have to actually be mm-hmm. Canadian. So maybe there's a similar rule for the Junos where it needs to be X amount of involvement. There's a percentage. Yeah, okay. I believe that. That seems reasonable. But, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not a Juno guy. I don't know, but I don't think I've... Have I ever watched the Junos? Have you ever watched the Junos? I think I've seen bits and pieces of the Junos. Because I, I saw, it, I, I think, Neil Young on it once, looking like Van Helsing. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's got that hat. He does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I might know what, I know what a Juno looks like. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they make them out of. Looks like, like Ellen Page. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> if it's like, <laughs> what a shitty like, joke. Are they glass or are they like some kind of acrylic? These are the important questions we need to ask about the song "Summer of '69." Which yeah, what are Junos made won of? Won a Juno? Did it win a Juno? I don't think it did. I think one of the, actually. <laughs> I watched. I just googled what are Junos made of and. <laughs> And Google said, did you mean what are jewels made of? Like the <laughs> the vapes? Is it like a brand or is it? Yeah, like J-U-U-L-S. Oh, fucking ju- I I mentioned that to someone one time. I was talking about ripping a fat jewel. And uh, they didn't understand what I was talking about. It was a dead end of that conversation. They didn't, it didn't and go anywhere. That's when you're supposed to say, catch the fever. Well, that was before. But yes, that is exactly when I need to say, catch the fever. Fuck yeah. Okay, let's... And then walk away or something? <laughs> hey man, catch the fever, yeah. And then, well, presumably that's when you would take a fat rip on your jewel. I gotta get a jewel. Jewel? Jewel? A jewel. 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 Alright, so yeah, yeah, one okay. thing that I saw in an interview with Brian Adams uh, from mm-hmm. around the time he released his last album, which is just a couple years ago, um, was he said something about, like, Maybe it wasn't super popular immediately, but like it mm-hmm. became very popular like 30 years on. It's like huge to the point that did you watch like some of his live performances of this song? No, I watched a couple and every single time. OK, I only watched two. I'll admit. So I don't know if he does this every time, but in the two I watched, which were, I think, a few years removed, he just like walked out up to the mic and just said, 
Agama, and then just like turn the mics to the audience. So, or maybe don't turn the mics. I don't know. And then right, so they can sing it. He so just they, lets the audience yeah, sing. He says the first like three words, and then like they fill out the rest of the first verse, and then like he comes back in and does the song. Like it's pretty well known. Yeah, you can't well, do the, that the with the popularity just any song. of this piece is insane. Let me just go over some accolades here real quick. 1985, yeah. the song song won the Broadcast Music Inc. Citation of Achievement for U.S. Radio Airplay, and then in 1986, it won the Pro Can Award. That's the Performing Rights Organization of Canada for Canadian Radio Airplay, and in 2000, it won a SoCan Classics Award for more than a hundred thousand Canadian radio performances. In a poll conducted by Decimal Research in 2006, Summer of '69 was voted the best drive song among Canadians who sing in their cars that was topped by both sexes and with uh, French and English speaking Canadians in 2010 the song was voted the hottest summer song in Germany and uh, let's see here in another poll this time by Canadian magazine chart summer of 69 was voted the fourth best song of all time in 2000 four years earlier it had been voted the 24th best song of all time the song was ranked number 17 on CBC radio's 50 tracks the Canadian version in 2008 the song was voted the 87th best song of all time by radio listeners in Norway um, which is the second highest ranked Brian Adams song in that category the highest being everything I do I do it for you and it was voted the fourth best song ever on Radio 2, a Belgian radio station in 2008. It hit number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Like, this song is insanely popular. It's a big... And, like, I was just looking on Spotify. And I guess it's not huge. But, you know, his it, it doubles his second place. Like, the number of downloads on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Almost triples it, but, you know. Not quite. Not quite. Hey, I was just looking. His last album just came out this year. Does that sound Holy right? shit, yeah. Shine a Light, March 1st, 2019. Hmm. I honestly thought it was a couple years ago. All right, well, you might cool. be thinking of Ultimate, which came out in 2017. Maybe. I don't know why. Anyway, it doesn't which, matter. Which would be a, a couple years ago. Hmm. It would be. Hmm. It would be. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So this song, it's um, Summer Jam, I guess you'd call it. Oh, for sure. This is a summer jam every year. Not Hashtag even... summer jam every year. And as he said, um, it's, well, I mean, the interview I was watching, he said like, well, I never said 1969, because he has said a couple times that the, the subject right, matter of the song is... It's about weed, because... <laughs> is the weed number, brother. 69. That's when you smoke weed at 609. <laughs> 6 to 9, yeah. Or whatever. Man. Four to... No. Um, no. Yeah. So it's, so... A, so it's interesting because this song was co-written. So for Brian Adams, it's about both giving and receiving head. Both whipping skull and having skull whipped at you. Just skulls whipped. Just whipped skulls for dinner every <laughs> Just, night yeah, of the summer. Whipped skulls everywhere. Mm. Whereas for Jim Balance, he says it's literally about the year for him. Because he Balance was, was seventeen. Seventeen. Then. Yeah. And Adams Whereas, was nine. Which. Yeah, and I know that. Because... Which, to be clear, Adams was not <laughs> sixty-nine at the age of nine years old. With Jim Balance. <laughs> That's yep. That's what happened. Skulls everywhere. Yeah, so so of interest in this song is how many uh, sort of lines and ideas were inspired by other songs of the time. Uh, Jim Valance says that the song Running on Empty by Jackson Brown 
was an inspiration. Uh, Adams points to, I believe it's a film called Summer of 42. So many of the lyrics are actually kind of pulled from other songs, again, according to Valance. So like the song, I Got My First Real Six String is sort of a reference to Jukebox Hero by Foreigner, the line, I bought a beat-up six-string in a second-hand store. Ah, a little subtle reference there. Mm-hmm. Standing on your mama's porch, she told me that you'd wait forever, calls to Bruce Springsteen's Thunder Road. You know, uh, sal- that would have been my first guess, honestly. I was actually going to make you guess that, but... You should like have! <laughs> oh, I, I know. Literally, when you were like, it's a reference, and I was like, oh, a porch? Yeah, duh. Yeah, road. so Mary, Mary's dress waves like a vision. She dances across the porch as the radio plays. Ray Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. Sorry. Get excited that's okay, about Thunder man. Road. Um, when you held my hand, I knew that it was now or never. You want to take a crack at this one? Sorry, what was the line? When you held my hand, I knew that it was now or never. Mm, should I know this? It is a famous song, but it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty basic connection. Well, like holding hands? Yeah. Uh, songs about I want to hold your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, it's correct. not I want to hold your hand. It is. <laughs> it How is, is that even a reference? I know we both reference the concept of hand holding. Seriously. Cool. So yeah, pulls a lot of its uh, a lot of its lines from other famous rock songs. Which kind of makes sense because they've said, or he said, it's kind of about like nostalgia thinking about the past yeah. and those are songs from the past that they are referencing and i will say that like if not for the fact that it's clearly listed as being in the year 1984 i it, this doesn't sound like a song from the 80s you don't think so no i think in, in terms of what what I, I think of when i think of 80s songs this one's much closer to like a 70s vibe i guess so it's it's more of like a excuse me it's more of like almost Melon Campy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I think of. I, I always associate them, even just vocally. Like, when I like Brian Adams, John Mellencamp, and like Tom Cochran in my mind of like the same voice. Okay. Even though they're not the same, the same, but like in my brain, they could be the same. Yeah, I believe that. I yeah. think they could trick me. If one of them started playing the other songs, I'd be like, okay, yeah. So I just want to point out that this uh, this song was produced by a man called Bob Clearmountain, who is an American music engineer responsible for mixing "Born in the USA" amongst other things. That's not a bad that's not a bad resume. Just these two songs, like that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got other shit that. too, and they're they're like <laughs> big ones as well. But uh, I just tried to contract that mm-hmm. for our sake. Um, so we went through a lot of re- reworks on this, uh, went through a lot of drafts because neither Valance nor Adams actually believed it was strong enough to be album material. In the original draft of the lyrics, the phrase Summer of 69 only comes up once. Which, I mean, you could still have the name of the song if it comes up even only once. Uh, you could still have the name of the song come up only once. Sorry, that was a difficult mm-hmm. sentence. Uh, but... But it was a different name, right? They they were calling it something different at the time? Yeah, they called it Best Days of My Life, because that appeared seven times in the song. You know, I think this is a much better name. That was a good call. Like, even if they hadn't yeah. changed the lyrics, I think it's a much better name than Best Days of My Life. Our Lives? My Life? Best Days of My Life. Yeah. It's because yeah, Look, it sounds like Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Which, I like that song, but it by this year, you know, it's a little... It's a little 
I don't know. It's basic. Yeah, it's, it doesn't sound it's, exciting. It's literally the name of a soap opera. So like, was it at yeah. the time? Did it exist at the time? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about some fucking lyrics about this this sex song that's about. Let's talk about some sex lyrics. Eating out and getting eaten out. All right, first line. We got I've a bond degree. First real six string. Bought it at the five and dime. Now, apparently, a Brazilian fan approached uh, Brian Adams at one point and was like, "Why is the first line I had my first real sex dream?" Because this song is about sex things. Yeah, that's right. And also, it's not, but you know. But it's uh, it's about getting a guitar. And now, if apparently, this... sorry. No, go ahead. No, I didn't have anything to say. Well, you fucking asshole. Um, so apparently neither Brian nor Jim Valance ever bought a guitar at a five and dime. I feel like, did they have guitars? Like, it's, I had to look it up. It's like a dollar store, but you could, it was like five cents and ten cent things. Yeah. But like, could you buy a guitar for that little? Even in 1969? I would believe it, I guess it'd be a more believable line. It's like, I bought it at a pawn shop. Or something, like... I guess it it sounds good, but but at the like something else with those ly- those that like rhythm like I don't know. Mm-hmm. But maybe they did it. Maybe that's something you'd find there. They just never bought one. Yeah, it could be it. Um, yeah. So the first line is he says, "I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime, played it till my fingers bled." It was the summer of '69. Apostrophe 69, you may notice. Apostrophe 69. So the well, title... Yeah, hang on. Yeah, Doesn't it, that infer that there's a 19 I in front of it? I would say it does. I mean, you can see on, on the artwork of, like, the single, it's apostrophe 69. So he's like, well, I never said 1960. You implied it, Brian. Come on. Yeah, otherwise, what does the apostrophe mean? It means... it. It's one apostrophe... Like, I mean, the letter missing is, like, summer of... What What do you put do in front... Do it 69. <laughs> yeah, they just brought all those letters somewhere else. Replaced them. Mm-hmm. So him mm. and some dudes from school, so he's in school at this point. I guess yes. this is where we have to accept it's maybe a Jim Valance kind of line. It's, this is late yeah, high so school. So he's like 17, yeah. Had a band, we tried real hard. Jimmy quit, Jody got married. Now, apparently, uh, fucking, this is funny because basically each guy just wanted it to refer to their own personal shit with this line. Right. So Valance suggested using Woody quit and Gordy got married, referring to members of his high school band. But Adams is like, nah, fuck that. Nah, this sounds better. But it's referencing real people. Yeah, so uh, Adams mentions that uh, Jimmy was one of his early drummers and Jody is a reference to Adams' sound manager who got married during the album's recording session, and in fact, I believe, appears in the music video during that line. But, like, but didn't, like, stop doing the thing because he got married. It's just... Yeah. Did get married, so... He, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jody. Fucking Jody. I should have known we'd never get far. Um, yeah, I guess. But Brian Adams got far, and so did Jim Valance. They did. They did, but that band, that which band doesn't exist. Remember, none of this is real. It's all in the illusion. None of this is real. It's exactly. It's like that um, Billy Joel song about being a Russian fisherman. Uh, the Downeaster Alexa. Downeaster Alexa. Okay. Right. 
Or is is he Russian? That I always I think I always conflate that one with the one where he's a Russian clown. Okay, and okay. First of all, you're talking about Leningrad. Second of all, uh, there's two characters in that song. One of them is a Russian circus clown, and one of them is an American just guy. I think. Uh huh. Because Victor and, Victor was born in and, some Red Army town. Uh, he's the one who becomes a circus clown. Because the greatest okay, happiness yeah. he ever found was making Russian children glad. Uh huh. Yeah. He was so, born in '49, a Cold War kid in the McCarthy times. So okay, yeah, he's. It's American about in this. two children, two kids. You know. Whatever. He made his daughter like laugh. Joel never met a Russian clown. And then they embraced. Life. Okay. I happen to know this song very well. <laughs> it's not a good song, Alex. <laughs> Whatever. I still <laughs> like it. So anyway, where um, were we? Where were we? This we song is fake. Line. It's not real. It's canceled. Yes. Song is canceled. The song is canceled. Yeah, it's fake. I don't believe it. It's fake news. All right. Um. Yeah. I should have known we'd ever get far. When I look back now, the summer seemed to last forever. This is some real nostalgia shit. Uh, it's all. If yeah, I had the choice, yeah, I'd always want to be there. So he peaked in high school. Those were the best days of my life. I can't believe that a guy who's like relatively successful. In songwriting and like has been in bands and been like, man, high school was the best time of my life. Like, high school was not the best time of my life. I can say that. No, for but certain. you also didn't have a band or try real hard. Hey, okay. <laughs> hey, yes, but ouch. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah maybe the idea is that. Like ne- he didn't necessarily peak in high school because, as as we said, he has found success. But there is right. sort of that innocence. Still, that you still can feel never nostalgia for the past. Recaptured, yeah. Still, the best days of your life. Yeah, that's that seems like a bit much. Maybe I mean, if it's the summer of um, just rampant oral sex, maybe. Yeah, but this is the weird thing because this is apparently the summer of him just nonstop, you know, giving and receiving head, but. There is no mention of a woman for the first two verses. No, it takes a while, but... It takes but to the end of like, the third verse. It's the call to act, you know, it's the hero's journey. There has to be a baseline, and then the call to action. So, <laughs> it's a very important part of the story. You have to set up the so. status quo. And you may notice that he's not getting head in any of this, even though he's trying real hard. Yeah. He is trying real hard because he he also he understands the hard work and uh, you know kind of kind of keeping your nose down because he says ain't no use in complaining when you got a job to do. I'm not convinced that line makes any sense, but it was Are the '80s. Sure? It was the Reagan '80s, so you know, workers' rights were not great. Well, even though I it was in the, Canada, the the genius who annotates on this line is a fucking lunatic. They say, this line is actually talking about how in the music video, he has a job at the drive-in theater. Hey, that's a dumb no. thing to say. The, the music video was based on the song. That doesn't make much sense, written that way. That's and my he's, He, he goes on to say he usually spends his time there in the evenings, but sometimes he fell asleep during his job, which is the complaining. No, it's not. <laughs> that's not what complaining is. Hey, that doesn't make much sense. That doesn't that's make not much a, sense not, at all. 
Um, I th- he just fell asleep because he was tired and bored. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the music video later. We'll get to that. We'll talk about the music video later. But th- you are right in that this line would make more sense if it uh, came, was used as a sort of snap to the present. So he, because he, he ends by saying, those are the best days of my life. And then if he said, like, ain't no use to complaining when you got a job to do. Which and is then now. if it was, like, his current job. But mm. it's not. He then goes on to talk about his past job in meeting this woman. He doesn't even talk about, like, he says spend his evenings down at the drive-in, which I guess in the video is a job, but it's not really made explicit. Yeah. So, I mean, your, your, your thing, interpretation, I think works as well. I think it's valid. Yeah. With with if you ignore the music video, if you, and and we usually do, because even though this yeah. one is is directed by the director of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Steve Barron. Oh fuck! I didn't notice. I did. Damn. Uh, so yeah, he meets uh this this his summer love at the drive-in, and then here here we come to the Bruce Springsteen reference. Standing on your mama's porch, she told me that you'd wait forever. Uh, presumably, wait, wait forever for what? That's unclear to me, but I do know the next line. He says, mm-hmm. you know, when you held my hand, I knew that it was now or never. Mm-hmm. He doesn't believe so he, her. He's like, I held your hand and I knew you were full of shit. Like, okay. you said you wait forever, but I knew it was now or Like, I don't... I feel like there's some trust issues in this relationship, is what I'm saying. Yeah. He understood the the nature of teenage love was he do you think he was really that wise that he was like no this is but a fleeting teenage love but he also you may says, say that you would wait forever but, but surely it is not it is now or never uh, but when he says it's now or never does that mean he has to like hold on to this relationship or it will dissolve yeah, there's a, in that is implied a choice. Right. And the fact that he knew, he held knowledge of this choice and then decided, he clearly decided never. Because it didn't last, yeah. He knew, but maybe like... He knew. Maybe it's one of those like 2020 hindsight things. Like, well, I knew, but did you know? Right, but you can, you can also kind of deny those things. You, you can feel it in your gut and be like, nah. True. Uh, like, I knew, but it, uh, yeah. It's now or later. It's... So anyway, he picks Never, um, mm-hmm. and then that rides him right into the bridge. Yeah, those are the best days of my life. Oh yeah, back in the summer of '69. Oh yeah. Day '69 on her mother's porch. Um, I mean, it had to be all the time, right? It was constant, so it was everywhere. It's just like there are really no sexual references in this. Like I'm thinking about a song like Gloria, where there right. are very clear eyebrow wiggles in the song, being like, yeah, "It's about sex, my guy." And you're like, "Ah, like, yeah, it is." Or like night moves or something. Yeah, where there's like, like very definitely clear about things. sex, even though they don't say it. Where this is like just kind of romance. Hmm. Unless you take the summer of '69 to just be that, which I guess you could, and be like, "That's the reference of like I was doing stuff." But there was a lot of just so much oral. This is, I mean, you so could just as easily call this the summer of 420 because it has about the same amount of pot smoking references in it as it does. And then we smoked a bunch of references. Mm. <laughs> cannabis. We call it cannabis now. We, we call it cannabis out here because we're narcs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't have to oh. be anymore. It doesn't matter. So then we get to the kind of the exciting part of this song where he says, man, we were killing time. We were young and restless. Also the name of a soap opera. 
That you is need it true. to unwind. Also, the name of the album is Reckless. They could have yeah. said we were young and reckless for a little. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, they a, a little bit of that album tie-in, but hey, we needed to unwind. You know, it's talking about the the restlessness of, of you, the restlessness, the restlessness of youth here. I guess, but maybe this is the sexual reference. Oh yeah, maybe that's why the song gets exciting, and he opens it by saying, "Oh." Oh, man. We needed to unwind, and the only way we could do that was by getting a face full of genitals. Yep. I mean, how do you unwind? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'll be honest, it's a great way to unwind. You get a face full of genitals, and then you just spin. <laughs> and, and you unwound. Boom. That's done. There you go. I guess it's nothing easy. can last forever. Forever, no. Referring both to their relationship and also the, the sexual act of eating. This can't last of, forever. Of cunnilingus. I, I, gotta, I gotta expand my repertoire of ways to refer to six to nine. Six to right. nine. Yeah, we, well, we just, we'll look up some, uh, some nouns. Wait, yeah. verbs. Verbs? So wait, does he both. no longer e eat out? <laughs> does he no longer... Uh, hang on. <laughs> I should have something better for this. Does he no longer... Uh, I don't know. Eat pussy. Now the times are changing. <laughs> um, well, times are changing. Um, everything's come and gone. Yeah, and gone. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, how could you? Everyone's done. Sometimes when I play that old six string, I think about you and wonder what went wrong. Again, this is despite his incredible wisdom and knowing that it was now or never. He still doesn't know what the fuck went wrong. Seems pretty simple. It was now or never. You picked never. Brian. 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 And then we get to standing on your mama's porch bit again. Which is the chorus? Wait, I, I lied before. There is one reference to 69ing in this whole song that comes in right on the fade out. Okay. Where he says, me and my baby in a 69. Yes, and the genius notation is a nice little uh, image. Yeah, a nice little image there. So... Cool. It's very matte. Has a pointy breast. Yeah, it's almost art. Yeah, it's very, it's artistic. It's beautiful, really. Mm -hmm. Um, just it's mostly shapes. But yeah, yes, I'm, that is I'm... true. That is the like only reference. And the thing is, it's like like it's in the fade out. It's actually getting quieter at that moment, and it's, and it's very easy to miss that. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. I. Didn't notice it before this, like, really. Even though I knew the story of, like, his, his little... He said, he said you had to be pretty thick in the ears if you couldn't get that lyric. But I disagree, Brian. I disagree. Yeah. Because it's one Brian. little syllable, Brian. Yeah, I think Brian's tooting his own horn a little too much uh, in terms of a song he co-wrote. And well, that's his problem. And the other co-writer is like, well, it's about the year 69. He's like, no, it's about eating pussy and getting your dick sucked, bro. Ah. It's right there. Problem is, it's his... Right weird, Brian. His horn tootin's not going so well. So he needs to yeah. toot it himself. Am I right? Sex yeah, reference. A, what do you call that? Is that just a... He, uh, like what I said? Yeah, what, what's, what, what do you call self-fellatio? Hey, there's oh. another term for sucking on D's. Fellatio, we're getting somewhere. True, alright. Uh, Auto-fellatio. Yeah. Is the word but for it, that. Yeah, but is there a, like a, a 69 term for that? Is there something more colloquial? Is there a number? 
Yeah. Eight? Is it like, uh, yeah, is it an eight? Maybe. Or a zero? Is it the, Uro, the Uro, Ouroboros? <laughs> which is, that eats itself? Which is just a circle, like it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a zero. A... Or an O, or an uppercase O. Maybe a Q, because you still kind of got your legs to deal with, right? There might be. There's just things sticking out everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to contort yourself. Like you pretty much have to be a maybe. contortionist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you a contortionist? So this is... No, I'm not. I yeah, wanted to be briefly as a child, but not to suck out. my own dick. Just, yeah, I, I, just, I just never committed that's to just, it. That's just an added <laughs> bonus. Yeah, it's just a plus, really. Um, um, so this, yeah, this uh, it's about... It's like a story about a summer, and it's about uh, it's about nostalgia. Yeah, it's and about the nostalgia uh, of youth, sex things. Yeah, and Maybe that is the that's the lyrics. Um, yeah. Instrumentally, this piece is pretty simple, actually. Would you agree with that statement? I would agree with that statement. Um, it kind of comes in with like a jiggy jiggy, like yeah. it's just like kind of a. It's just like strumming a like power chord, like yeah, some so like some like muted, uh, guitar rhythm with the like the occasional loud chords coming through, like the unmuted ones. It's like yeah, kind of it accents every couple beats, and really, it's, I mean, it's that. But then there's also there's another riff, uh, that comes in. After the first chorus, um, that's kind of the more distinctive part of the song. Yeah, that's like, like the signature riff. Is that supposedly? Yes. Supposedly, the song originally opened with that, but then they changed. Okay. Um, and I think I don't. I think it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I think that kind of the opening on this is good. Like that, you get that kind of because if you think about it, like he's actually sitting down with his six string and thinking about the past. Right, he's just strumming it, along. Yeah, and then the instruments that come in after that, if we're setting up a scene, are really just in his head. Right, that's his, <clears throat> that's his reminiscing. Yeah, because it comes in on the line, it was the summer of 69, and it's like, boom. He's suddenly back there, and then... With his guys he, from school. With his guys, in, in their abandoned shed, or wherever they play, and... Like, like in that's rail when the piece comes to life. Yeah, there's there's some shit going on in this music video. We'll get to it, but yeah, that's why I would say I like that intro as opposed to bringing in the uh, the main guitar riff immediately. Right away, yeah, and some of the other versions do that mm-hmm. to, ver- to varying levels of success. I feel like I say that a lot. Yeah, well, that's an accurate statement, if it's not necessarily true. a telling statement. What do I need a thesaurus? I'll talk about it later. Get off my case, me. Yeah, cheese. Hey, all right. Hey. So, so, and other than that, it's like like the instrumentation builds a bit. Like there's an organ that comes in later. Um, the one thing I think was kind of cool, not super complex or anything, but that riff that we've been talking about, the kind of main riff, they're like, that wasn't a very good representation of it, was it? Yeah, I think we know what you're talking about, though, so. They're like, that one. Mm. Um, the first time it comes in, after the yeah, first yeah, yeah. chorus, it plays once. 
And then later after the second one, it plays two times and then it like keeps going throughout the next verse. So it kind mm-hmm. of like like it doesn't have it and then it introduces it a bit and then it brings it back in like a big way later on. So that's kind of cool. Gives it a little more space. Yeah, it plays around with uh, the main riff instead of just sort of being like, here it is. It's there all the time for always. And it's the same. And if you want to talk in terms of like musical storytelling, he's kind of like having these memories come back to him as he goes. It's kind of, he starts mm-hmm. to remember and then he's gets to this point And then there's like more and more memories coming back until it's, he's like in this other place, you know, in his mind, talking in his mind, in his mind palace. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, like, even though I think we kind of shit on the lyrics a little, and I do think they are kind of stupid. They yeah, we did work. They are yeah, and functional lyrics. Like, I, I have mixed feelings about this song because it's a song for me that's like overplayed. Like I've heard it probably too much. But Oh yeah, I, I used reason, to listen to it all yeah. the time. But like it's very, very popular, obviously, and lots of people um it it, it, it what am I trying to say? <laughs> You know, it's it's a good like anthemic song. You know, it can get people. Yeah, it gets jazzed. the people going. It gets people going. It's provocative. It's yeah, exactly. It's it really has some kind of universal appeal to it. And if, I don't know if we all just think we all had our gang of misfits when we were young and we just like did cool shit in the summer. If that's how we all feel inside, but like it well, seems to resonate. You know, anyone who had like a a ten month school cycle with a summer off, I, I imagine would have similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Of that, like, two yeah. months of freedom, you know? Yeah, and we're, you know, it, it's summer. It feels, it really does feel like it'll last forever. And it's, you know, it's it's one of these songs, again, that he is talking about possibly fabricated personal experiences, but they speak on a broad scale to so many people. Evidently. And I think in terms of his vocal performance, he sounds like a like a guy who you can believe that this story is coming from. You can believe that he bought a cheap guitar, jammed with his buds, and had a love in the summer. And like he, it's a, it's almost Americana, if not for the fact that he's Canadian. I know it. It's got that feeling. It's kind of rural, and I think rural American can like kind of refers to like North America, or at least northern North America, i.e., Canada and the United States. So our rural towns would certainly have, you know, some things in common with, like, the classical American Midwest or whatever. Yeah. It's a, yeah, definitely like a rural working man kind of piece about trying to make it big as well. That's another, like, big North American thing is, like, we got to become famous. We got to get the band together. Like, we're going to make it. And then sort of coming to terms with that, well, like looking back he's like he's looking back positively on that time but right and he, i mean also... he's found his success but it's also kind of interesting because um another song that came up was jukebox hero it kind of mm-hmm. references that but jukebox hero is like about like a guy seeing success in music this is just a guy who's like trying to be successful and that's part of his life but the song's mm-hmm. not really about that so it's yeah, not like right. the jukebox, jukebox hero, hero becomes a hero and it's not that one blue oyster cult song about like john godzilla yeah yeah godzilla no fuck what's it called uh 
burning for you. That's the one. Uh, uh, don't fear the Reaper. The Marshall Plan. The Marshall Plan. I don't know that one at all. It's just about some kid who like loses his girlfriend to to a band. Like they go to a show and then she like goes backstage and and then he's oh, like, now okay. I'm gonna become a a musician too and I'll steal other people. He doesn't say that, but like. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> it's almost like a. It could have been like a sequel. It could have been a response song to Skater Boy if you played the played it right. How so? If the band was if the band was instead the Skater Boy, who becomes big and famous in the song Skater Boy, and then somebody else's girl gets stolen by that skater boy, thus inspiring the Blue Oyster Cult singer to become a skater boy. It would be like a... Because she said... a whole thing going on. See here, later boy. Later boy. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Summer 69, really. Summer, and, and just some other things to mention. Oh. It does, like, as we get to the end, there's, like, a, a solo that goes on as, like, the regular instrument plays. Like, it's a very, it comes, it's one of those pieces that starts small and goes very big towards the end where, mm-hmm. you know, we got Brian Adams, like, it was the summer of 69! Like, it's, it's, a, it's a real, real upbeat, lively piece towards the end. Anthemic. Anthemic. That is the I... word you used, and I have decided that it is a much better word than all of those sentences I just said. Yeah, take it. Use it. Take it. Treat Let's it, talk about the nicely. music video, Alex, which was nominated Please. for the best male music video of, I'm going to say, 1985 by MTV. Yeah, one of the 1980s years. Directed by um, Steve Barron, who famously directed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video, as well as the Take On Me music video, as well as another music video we've talked about, but I can't remember which one. Yeah, this guy... This video, rather, is... Oh, like you know what? It was Africa, video. Toto. Oh, yeah. This video is, like, fairly busy. Like, there's a lot going on. A lot happens. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, he's just like, it opens and he's like got his six string in like a, a box, like a case. And mm-hmm. he's just like running into this train yard, I guess, where his bandmates are practicing. And he just like has his guitar and he's like, time to play the guitar with them. Oh, and it's in black and white. Yeah, it's in black and white, which is key because sometimes it will switch to color. So yeah, he's playing guitar in this like, yeah, like some kind of rail yard. It's like an abandoned building looking kind of thing. And yeah, he starts jamming with his band in there. Then we get footage of uh, like people driving away in one of those cars that has all the cans attached to it and a just married sign on it on the line. Jody got married. Because Jody got married. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we cut to uh, cuts to color. And he's in a hammock, talking yeah. talking to a therapist. I he's think. Talk- yeah, and and they're just that cannot be a like, legal therapy session. It's it's outdoors, man. It's it's in the natural world. It's connecting with nature, but also fixing your head. And you can tell how much we like hated therapists in the 1980s, because <laughs> this therapist looks like a real piece of shit. He's ecstatic <laughs> that this dude is pouring out because he's like, he's got so many fucking problems, I'm going to wring him dry. Like, those like, are the best days of my life. And then the hammock breaks. Yeah. He falls on the ground. And then he, does he like run away? Or does it um, fade away? Sorry, it I've, just fades I've away, forgotten. I think. It'd be weird if he ran away. You just fucking booked shit out of there. <laughs> so then we we cut to him working at the drive-in theater. We've kind of talked this about already. He sleeps on the job, 
and so he's he's been like cleaning the screen yeah, that the projector projects onto just like pulling a string down because there's like big like rolls that clean the screen yeah. i guess and he falls asleep up there but he's like in the way of the projector oh hold up but a just second. like at the bottom of it and if you look closely it's the chilliwack drive-in oh yeah just noticed that cool damn they do oh, like an establishing shot so he's like cleaning these things and he just falls asleep. So he's up on this platform and then it cuts to nighttime and everyone's watching the movie and they're shouting at him, hey, get down. He's just napping away. And then the, the girl of the song, his love interest, uh, climbs a ladder to wake him up. And then boom, it cuts to them being in love. Yes. And then they're like looking at each other and it's still in black and white at this point over like by a lake or some shit. And then maybe they kiss, I can't remember. But then he, like, turns, and it cuts to color, which is, the implication is that now it is the present. But she's still just standing there in the back. She's, like, frozen, yeah. So she's still in the past. I don't know if you can see her, like, sway or anything. But, yeah, he just walks away, possibly representing that he walked away from the relationship. It could be, because he chose never. He, I've he written here have. next, he climb a fence. And they're not even on a porch. They're, like in a swamp like she's just yeah, standing there <laughs> and like her feet are getting wet it's, it's not a great place to leave monster. her <laughs> it's your mama's porch <laughs> hey linda and uh i want to appreciate his outfit here real quick if i can uh he's wearing some a pl- real uh, a plaid, plaid jacket on, right? he's got a yeah. white shirt under and uh, a leather vest that's kind of studded yeah fuck yeah bud it's quite an outfit. Um, this video is like a little bit punk. Like this, the attitude around this. Like it's fairly mm-hmm. poppy, but like it's a bit punk. Well, yeah, because he's breaking it's got into some attitude. yeah to ab- abandoned Apple factories. Yeah, and, that's and, the next thing. Well, the next thing actually is when they just kick the shit out of this fire. He jumps a fence, and I want to mention that fence yeah. is in the like the present. It's in color, so he just mm-hmm. hops the fence in. In now times. Um, and then they're like in this back street area, which is a rail yard of some sort. Yes. Um, and they're like gambling. Yeah. But then they kick, there's like a little fire, like a little almost campfire. Oh, right. And in the middle j- of the. Just, just stomps on it and kicks it around. Kicks like it he's everywhere. Gonna fight with it. But like they're just wrecking shit. Or are they chasing yeah. him? Yeah. Oh, I think they're chasing him. Oh, yeah, that makes they, sense. What, but it they seem, make sense. It seems friendly. It's yeah, they're because they're all goofing around. They go to have a food fight in the abandoned apple factory, and then the cops are like, "Hey, you kids can't be fighting here." And then and then they, they just like slapstick fall on all the apples. All <laughs> they the can't apples. Get like, the oh Jesus! And then suddenly it becomes the present again. Mm-hmm. And then and he's back at that jam space in the present, and what someone throws then, his guitar at him. Yeah. And they fucking jam. And then this girl and her dad drives by, and the dad's like, who's that? And she's like, nobody. And then he's like, I said, who's that? Is that her dad? I said, nobody. Yeah, it has to be, right? I hope so. I thought that was that the girl? Is that the same girl? Yeah, that's the same girl. Yeah. And I guess it is the present, so maybe it's her new lover. But either way, I think he stops the car to beat the shit out of her. He does stop the car. And, like, why? <laughs> He's nobody. 
She's got a like happy. fuzzy pink shirt on. You don't see many of those anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like hard for me to gauge time because they look the same age all the time. Exactly, and like it flashes in between past and present, like within the same shot. Like yeah, it's not clear necessarily how time which what's going on, and he doesn't look like a teenager. Um, no. I mean, you can more or less follow, obviously, but um, like I said, it, the the video's busy. Like it's it's all over mm-hmm. the place. If it's we're talking the about story, songs but... that do summer nostalgia through a music video well, I think Boys of Summer did a better job with that, where you had, like, the different screens and they, they were all looking back on them and shit. Like, that was way cooler. Yeah, that, I mean, that song's a little more, like, bittersweet. This one's, like... True. It's really happy about the fact that it's over the hill, like... Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's happy that the summer of 69 happened. Yeah, this music video is, uh... I'll Probably not Steve Barron's best work, but it's yeah, it's pretty good. It's I mean, fine. it's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie, so of course it's not. Certainly his best not. Work. Um, that's a given. The, I want that and like the Take on Me music video is, I think. A oh triumph. right, I forget about that one. It's very good. It's very good. Um, should we uh, talk about the first cover now, Alex? You got anything else to say? No, I don't. I don't have anything else to say about All right. this version. This version, but if we jump into the year 1995, we can talk about magnified plaid. I got my first well sex shake, bar at the five and done. Played it till my finger bled. Was it summer of 69? Magnified plaid. Or is is it pronounced mix picks? Who fucking knows? Well, I always just called it, or I mean, the story was they called it like MP, but he wrote dots as X's. Well, yeah, another guy wrote dots as X's. So, so like it was... it's MP, but it's mix pucks, mix pucks, or mix picks, or mux pucks, or max packs, or max, max pa- like uh, just put any vowel you want in there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, mix picks. It's, it's a build your own name. You can fill the X. X's variable. Yeah, um, but they have to be the same. Because it's That's the right. same variable. So it could be Mappa. It could be Mappy. <laughs> so this is an American rock band from Bremerton, Washington. Um, I, I'm familiar with their song Chick Magnet, and that's about it. Is that in something? That's I. My sister put it on a on a mixed CD for me once. Oh, so it's just on that CD. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've never the heard of place them. you can get it. This is like the very. This is like the pop punk version and when i say the punk 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 version i shouldn't because it's not the only one this is the one but this the is one. yeah very much like by the book pop punk record yeah like even the voice like mm-hmm. best days of my life like my life yeah it's very like where are you and i'm so sorry like <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah it's it's like that they don't change a whole lot it's kind of the same intro uh, maybe more distorted, but maybe just differently distorted, like in a different way. Yeah, it's a, it's a more punk distortion at the very least. And it's like what ninety five, which I thought was kind of early for pop punk, but I guess not. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe we're looking at the Shakespeare of pop punk right here. Yeah, everything this else is, just formed this is after the originator. It. Um, and it kind of sounds like they say, "If there was one, I'd be there." Hmm. I don't know. That if doesn't that... make any fucking sense. No, it doesn't. But that's pop punk for you. It kind of sounds hell, weird. Hell yeah, baby. Uh, also, they're now standing on Daddy's porch, so 
Mixpux Pro Daddy. That's confirmed 100%. (laughs) That's that's what I like to hear from my bands, is whether or not they're Pro Daddy. Yeah, so uh, I support this band. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely definitely Pro Daddy. Way to go, Mixpux. Um, yeah, like high energy, the voice is monotonous in its sort of uh, classic pop-punk styling. Um, the line, that's when I met you, is sort of shouted from far that's away. That's when I, I met the... you! Yeah. It, they don't say it with except, an accent. Like, except but, a little you know. less British, but that yeah, does bring British. out the essence of it. <laughs> 69! 69! And this one definitely... It's a skill! Hit a band! This one definitely sounds like they say sex string, like play that old yeah. sex string like doesn't sound like sex dream but it does sound like sex string so it's a different vowel yeah, yeah this one's it's, in, it's in and punk. out in two minutes it's it's pop it's punk fast. like and they just like they play the chords like, they play it fast and they're just like cycling between different like drum patterns i guess like very punk pop punk drum patterns it's yeah. faster yeah it's does it even have the, the sort of main riff in it? it no, it, I don't think it so. It does. It does have it. Oh, but like does it's it? very quiet. It's hard to hear. It's like in the background. I'll see if I can find right. it. Go to like 120 and like you can kind of hear it. But like it's they're just kind of like like you can hear the like but like it's Oh yeah, because yeah. that's the sort of instrumental break there, so you do actually hear but it it's there. It's sort of buried. It's it's yeah. hard to notice. It's not as distinct definitely as the original. Yeah, and they kind of play it like they play the rest of it. So instead of being like, bam, 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 it's like, down, 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 down. Like right, it's, it's all, it's very, like, even. They don't, like, mm-hmm. draw attention to it. All right, let's move on to our next punk one. Bowling for Soup. Got my first real six tree. Bought it at the five and done. Played it till my fingers bled. Bowling for Soup, five years later. Five years later in the year 2000. And this is, this one's closer to the original. Um, yes. Going between them, like going back to the original after Mux Picks, it sounds like almost sluggish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too slow. It's just like once you're used to the faster one, and it's like, oh, what are we doing still here? We should be up there. It's so slow. But yes, then you get used this... to it again, it's fine. Yeah, so this one uh, does, like you said, it's very similar to the original, so it opens up with one guitar, but it's got uh, bonus guitars kind of accenting those uh, those two notes at the start there, so it's like, bamp, bamp. Yes, and it's also bamp, doing, like, bamp. drum beats when yeah. it does that, too. Yeah, it's a sort of, it's a very uh, Cars trick. Which song is that that does that? Is that just what I needed? Can't think of it right now. Uh, just what dun, dun, I needed. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's the one. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. That's what I always associate that move with, is that song. <laughs> Even though I couldn't think of the song at that moment, but hey. Yeah. And on the topic of. Well, that's not what we're talking about. But on the. <laughs> to mention references, uh, the name of this album is Let's Do It for Johnny, which is. That's uh, right. An outsider's reference? Outsiders? Yeah. Yeah. And would, would you say that thematically this song kind of like fits in with the outsiders yeah i mean especially the part where the guy gets knifed in the street and dies <laughs> that was the big that, that was, was the big yeah. one for me uh that reminded me of the outsiders and then the 69 in that church <laughs> oh yeah man that's a that's a fun grade eight read and 
it's pretty straightforward this version um, yeah it is uh they closely mimic the original vocally even but it's yeah. of course more of this pop punk style but there's harmonies going on uh, a lot of cymbals go on in the chorus from the drums the big thing the big addition for me not that big Mm-hmm. They do a lot of the like fretboard scratching, like glisten, like oh yeah, like that kind of sound. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of that, and then when they say life, they actually say laugh. They actually say what? Laugh. Laugh. Best days of my life. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, what I like is when and they say important. stand on your mama's porch, a guy goes, "That's right." That's right. Yes, that is right. Um, also, it's good we had confirmation. Bowling for soup, anti daddy, maybe. Maybe we don't know. Or They're just pro mommy. Ooh, we'll have to talk That's to them and find out. Pro mama, yeah. Stay tuned, ladies. If and you're gentlemen. bowling for soup, let us know. Yeah. On Twitter. Give us your stance, yeah, on Twitter, hashtag either pro-mama or pro-daddy. Or if or, you really do want to take an anti-stance, anti-daddy or anti-mama. Anti-dandy. I'm pro-dandy all the way. Uh, oh, I'm very pro-dandy. The dandy's um, right. Sorry. The dandy is right. What's that from? Uh, it was in um, uh, Clone High. There's like... When they're selling the Nork. Right. In oh, the mall, like, yeah. Just, uh, and like, then Snowflake Abe's like, doing all the different the... roles. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that dandy. I don't even remember what he says. Something like that. He's like, the dandy's right. Like, <laughs> we all need to buy this Nork. I fucking love that show. Yeah. Um. Speaking of a show, should we talk about DJ Oatsy in 2003? We should talk about DJ Oatsy. I got my first real six string. Born DJ Otzi is Austrian. That's correct. He's uh, and he did the burger dance. The what? The burger dance. So is that? Does that summon burgers? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's another of his songs. It's called the burger dance, and it's um, somewhat insufferable. But my sister was singing it a little while ago. She was like, "Do you remember that song?" It's like McDonald's, McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Pizza. Like, and I said no because I had never heard it before. And she was, I think this was Christmas time. She kept singing it, and like, I did. And apparently, it's this guy's song. It starts with like, bagpipes. Yeah. Why do all of his songs also have a live audience in them? I was wondering if it's actually live or not. I don't think it is. At least live audience noises. It definitely has cheering, and like they sing along too. So, like, are you listening to the burger dance right now? Yeah, I've never heard this song in my life. I hadn't either, but my sister referenced it a while ago. <laughs> I was um, pleasantly surprised, or something surprised. To loop he kind of looks like Guy Fieri it. in this photo. He does. He's even, yeah, I mean. All right, that's enough yeah. of that. So he, uh, his name Fieri. comes from uh, the uh, from Utsi, the Ice Man. 
which was the name given to a 5,300-year-old frozen remains of a mummified man discovered in 1991 in South Tyrol's Otsal Alps. He's a 5,000-year-old man? Yeah, who he's like Encino Man, except he's not Brendan Fraser. And I don't know what happens in Encino Man, but this guy DJs. (laughs) Yes. Which I assume doesn't happen in Encino Man, but maybe it does. Gotta put that on the list of movies to watch. So, right off the bat, he says Judy instead of Jody. So, instantly disqualified. Wrong name. Yeah, this one's canceled as well. Sorry. (laughs) Next song. Sorry, DJ. Um, Yeah, this is like the dance version. Dance remix. We got a dance remix on our hands. Dance remix. And, uh, but he does open with, like, the riff. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's him singing on this. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if it was a remix at first because he does his like, Whoa, which almost sounds like it yeah, could be just like it, a an altered that's version. That's what he should have called this song is is Whoa. Is Whoa? Because there's one point where he makes that a call and response section <laughs> between him and the audience. And they just they just say which part is that? Um shit, I should have put a timestamp on it, but that's like 224. Yeah, so this is a lot of the song is like the audience joining in, and it's just like dance beats with like synthesizers. Mm-hmm. And then everyone just I'll, sings along. I'll say there's like a good sense of like progression in this. There's very distinct segments. And he does like he does a good break on the on the, the section of needing to unwind. We were just young and restless. He does kind of like a they do a drop. Oh never mind, that's not that part. The other weird thing, uh, it's mm-hmm. not that weird, but um, hang on, I need to check this out. Is it what Wait. he says when he says needed to unwind? Because the word he says is not unwind. What does he say? I don't fucking know. Is Could this be this, anything. I, I've written down here unwheel or one wheel. One. Oh, yeah, right. I wrote one win. Oh, that would make sense because he is foreign. Except he's heard the song. How does he not know it's unwind? <laughs> one wind, one wind. Because I could get like reading that and being like, "Oh, it's uh, one wind." Like, yeah, I don't know. He's not a. He's an Austrian dude. He's an Austrian dude. I'll say this: like, he's got a pretty good voice for this. Yeah, it works out okay. I mean, for the like singing along with your your dance remix kind of mm-hmm. voice, it, it works. And oh then yeah. He's, like, Pass it all off to the audience. But I'm still really curious if this is, like, a real audience or he just, like, used effects or paid an audience. Yeah. Because like he stole an audience recording from a live Brian Adams concert. Because the song would have to exist for them to know. Well, yeah, and, and to that to point, we should specify that this is the 2019 remaster of the 2003 original. That's true. Is it, like, different? I fucking don't know, Alex. I choose, me, I choose. I choose to lazy bitch. to remain ignorant. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's a fine. It's it's a it's a it's a dance the dance version. They do a good job. Yeah, it's. I I'm honestly not opposed to this one because it kind of it is it is anthemic in its own right. Yeah, and like it's kind of it, like it's built around a riff. The like, boom, mm-hmm. boom, and like it, it uses that riff uh, effectively. Yeah, it comes in stronger because you know you got to get that energy up. I get it. Yeah. Um, 
And it, it's, it's a, uh, some classic boots and cats, which I, boots, is a, I would say a, a minus. So I feel like that's the most basic one you can do. But I think he does enough other stuff that I can excuse that. It's true, and uh, and it makes you want to get up and say, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Yeah, exactly. It makes you want to say, "Whoa yeah." Yeah. Also, there's uh these big drums he gets that uh, do two beats. And it'll be like one in the left ear and then one in the right comes after certain phrases. How does that make you feel? Makes me feel like uh, it gives a sense of grandeur to it. And then, you know, I think that's that plays well to the song. Yeah, I mean, if you get that like heavy bass, that's definitely good for dancing. Mm -hmm. It's good for dancing. Good for dancing. Good for dancing. Especially... Especially if you need to one wind. All right, now let's one wind a little bit with the lost fingers. I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime. Played till my fingers bled. It was the summer of sixteen. Hell yeah! Let's they do are... that. A Canadian gypsy jazz band from Quebec from City. Quebec City. Who recorded uh, this song in the year 2010. Now, Alex, tell me what gypsy jazz is. Uh, it's like a genre of music that sounds like this. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> um, the style this, of jazz... This song... Oh, you've got the definition? I, I do. You've I'm got it handy? Loose one. All right. So, it's a style of jazz generally accepted to have been stated... Started, rather, by the Romani guitarist Jean Django Reinhardt. Django. Which is a... Fuck, yeah. His nickname is Django... His last name oh. is Reinhardt. Reinhardt. And very his first cool. name is Jean. Jean. And he started this in Paris during the 1930s. From what I can tell, it's really just jazz that has an acoustic guitar in it. Yeah, that's kind of like, he kind of plays that guitar. Almost similarities to like a Spanish guitar. It doesn't really have the same sound, but it's kind of like fast playing at times. Sometimes oh yeah, well we, we got some dirty, nasty finger picking on this one. Finger picking, oh yeah. Um, this reminded me of the Delfino Plaza theme from uh mario sunshine yep I which can led me right away which led me to youtube looking up for that that song and there's like a guy who's posted a bunch of mario sunshine stuff on youtube mm -hmm. but it's like fake like some of it is anyway like one of them there was the main theme like the title theme and it just turns into a jackson five song at one point <laughs> and then and i was looking for this <laughs> There's a video. <laughs> There's a video that is it's like Delfino Plaza theme, and you go to it, and it's just the beginning. Like it doesn't even get to the like, ever. Like it just plays the beginning like progression over and right, over again like, for like three minutes. Well, no, it's just like like it's it's just like a chord progression. Like that part. It never plays the like guitar part. Um, hang on. The part is let me let me try to find that video. It's like it does the like intro like mm -hmm. and then just loops that for like three minutes. And I was like, when's the thing starting? So you got me, guy. You got me. Gilva Sunner. That fucking piece of shit. He's, and like An enemy of the podcast. <laughs> Gilva Sunner. He has so much like just just this stuff. And I didn't look at the other ones, but after that, I was like, done. Like, I, I've been tricked. I'm not being tricked again. But yeah, I don't know why. But yeah, it's just the dun, 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 just over and over again. Never gets into mm -hmm. the like, meat of the song. 
So yeah, this one does like really fast finger picking of that sort of main riff. It's like yeah, it also starts with that riff. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoop, whoop, whoop. they've got a lot of like harmonies on it too. Yeah, it's there's a, a lot of, of these like, almost acapella backup vocals doing like yeah, wah, it does. Wah, it does have an acapella like sound. It's like that. I mean, even if you look at the album artwork, that's kind of what their outfits look like. Like they're an acapella group. Mm, okay, I did not look that deep into these guys. Well, you gotta do the deep dive into the Lost Fingers. Of course. The deep finger dive, if you will. Hell yeah. Um, I wish I had a good, a good thing to say about that, Alex, but... Deep it's finger not about dive. Yeah, it's... The song isn't about finger banging, Alex. It's a song about deep finger dives. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, they strum fast. Is all I'm saying. They do strum fast. It's I was like ready for this to be a fucking hoot nanny bluegrass thing, but it's apparently not the case. It does almost seem like it's going to be a hoot nanny. Um, it does not hoot nanny, uh, but there's lots of like yeah. Uh, it's again same structure. We're really keeping the same structure this time around. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of structural change ups, um, and it's. Uh, and there's like the guys doing they like da 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 yeah da 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 wah wah yeah like yeah yeah which almost is like taking the piss out of this song almost um how do you mean though I just like it's this is a song about nostalgia and like looking back and then you guys these guys go to him like wah 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 yeah do do scooby bop do bop and they're like six and then also there's there's two versions that we covered today that don't have the apostrophe in the title this one Mm -hmm. is one of them and mix picks is the other one okay good good call so these ones are 100 percent about giving and receiving oral pleasures oh yeah absolutely it's because of the deep finger diving of course that's part of it finger dive it's all part um, of it. It's, I, I like the main voice. I think it, maybe it's because he's got some kind of accent to him, presumably French-Canadian. French-Canadian. That it gives it a little, little vibe to it. It gives a little je ne sais quoi. Um, a little French-something-something. Yeah, a little French-I-don't-know-what. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think if you got rid of the backup singers, you could get a more genuine performance here. Maybe. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I feel like you know, it they're the guys going, from school in a band. They're trying real one, hard. They're trying real hard. Okay? The other. So and the backup singers are the school guys? They're trying real hard, is what I'm saying. Trying real hard to what? Sing? Do you sometimes just think you're going to reach a point if you start talking? You're like, yes. yeah, I'll find it. No, that that's that's my <laughs> that is my um, strategy for speaking. That's hundred percent my method as well. I just I, to make I rarely, sure. rarely plan ahead. I don't have that capacity. Is that? Do you have to be fairly confident to adopt that kind of talking style, or is there other methods? Do some do people I, really plan? I it have out? to be fairly confident to do that. Yeah, I don't you know. Mean? Do you feel confident, Alex? No. Hmm. Um, I feel like I don't have an alternative. <laughs> like that's all I'm wired for. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I would say either get rid of the backup performance or something needs to be added to this to amplify the, the weird mm-hmm. kind of comedy vibe that's going on here. I didn't really pick up a comedy vibe, I'm going to be honest with you. 
It's those backup vocals. You cannot take those at face value and just be like, no, nah, it's good music. I think they do. I don't I mean, think this so. Is their I, thing. I don't this... think so. Is, is like a straight-faced approach to this song. Like, we've seen this kind of stuff in, in a number of different songs, you know? And, and, and I, think, I think they mean it seriously. Uh, even the instrumentation, like, there is something jocular about it. It's kind of got a jovial sound. Yeah. yeah. It's like, light and flighty. And like, did, did, did. So yeah. I, I just feel yeah. like it needs some other element for me to get behind it. But I didn't necessarily dislike it. Like, I'm very impressed by the finger-picking and shit, but... <sighs> It's just missing something. Yeah. Let's talk about Tim Time Bomb in 2013, Alex. I bought my first real six chain. I bought it at the five and nine. Uh, I played it to my fingers bled. Shit. Tim Time Bomb, who I apparently just now realized that it's Tim Time Bomb and not the Time Bomb. So Come I didn't find on, anything Alex. about this uh, artist. This I is only a saw... music, music project by Tim Armstrong of the punk band Rancid. So it's in, not, it's not the '80s metal band Time Bomb. No, it is not. So he plays music he likes and records some originals under this moniker, as well as a lot of covers. Um, he like gets other band members to play with him, either from bands he's been in or people he knows in the music industry. So it's kind of like a just a fun thing he does. And it is a fun thing. I think this is a fun one. Yeah, I fucking love this one. Um, it opens. It's got a different piano intro. And it's just, it kind of outlines a seventh chord, like, like kind of sparsely. And yeah, it's good. You kind of get into it a little. Yeah, little it's groovy. sort of a, a deconstruction of the main riff that all the pieces seem to do here. Like that guitar that comes in is pretty much just that main riff, but just a little, a little greasier. Greasier without the like extra stuff. Cause mm-hmm. you can like outline the riff and be like, bam, bam, bam. But it's actually like like it's got mm-hmm. extra ornamentation. Yeah, and so we get that that piano that goes all the way. It's a very uh, it does feel like if you were a, an old punker who had a punk rock band in high school and then you grew up, this would be the version that you would make. Looking back, yeah, I mean they they make it kind of distinctive, and I think the big a big part of that is like. Uh, the way he sings it, which is just, he's almost talking. Like, yeah, it's a, a it's very Lou Reed style. Yeah, it's definitely less like vocal melody focused. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not really singing it. Which, like, some of the other, like, the pop punk versions, at least the first one, like, they didn't really follow the vocal melody. They kind of, like, narrowed it down a bit to be a yeah. little bit easier. Whereas this one's, like, not even trying at all. It didn't change it, it just didn't do it. No, yeah, and he like, and he throws in little little ad libs that make it seem more naturalistic to the kind of character that his voice gives. He calls it that old goddamn six string, right? And they're like, forever, fuck, fuck no. no. <laughs> Got little little bits here and there. <laughs> yeah, it gives it a little more attitude, and it's it goes from this sort of uh like slinky like main riff with that doon 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 to these very like like rock and roll guitar i mean rock and roll piano actually sections for the, like the chorus bits it kind of does the like yeah yeah just like chords just doing chords four chords yeah so he like pumps up the energy and gives you sort of this straight rock and roll vibe on that and then it comes back to this just like i don't know it's just a good attitude in the 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 verses on this from the instruments and the vocals yeah this is like 
this is like what I want. This is good. This is good punk rock. Yeah. It's like, like, this is one where, this is one of those covers where I listen to it, and I'm like, well, fuck, now I have to check out Rancid. Now I have to listen to Tim Timebomb. Yeah. He's got tattoo on his head. He's got a fucking tattoo on his goddamn head. Uh, so there's a weird synth effect at, uh, shit, I don't know which point, but he, at the end of it, he says, break it. Samurai 69, break it? And he breaks the synth? Yeah. I think so. And then I've written here at the 240 mark at uh, he growls just the words those were in the in the sentence. Those were the best years of my life. I might have that mark wrong, though. I'm at the 240 mark. And that I'm is going to correct. 140. I'm going to see yeah, what try happens. 140. Am I just fucked? You know, he kind of says the same things at both those timestamps and neither of them are the are that line. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So at some point he says those were. I don't know why the fuck I put 240. He kind of growls it, but then he he sings the rest of the line uh, normally, at least normally for this song. Yeah, and then it just kind of like the end to just like play out on the like the various piano and guitar riffs are both playing like that, but also the like guitar riff that's just like a higher version, kind of stripped down version of of the original. They just play it out. Yeah, and we've gotten an organ in at this point that is doing some chords as well, some very long sustains. That's very buried. Mm-hmm. Speaking of buried, let's talk about Charisma Duo in 2015. Sorry, I was listening for it. There's another guitar there too, apparently, but oh, uh, that's there? not important. Yeah. Charisma Duo. They're from Ca- Surrey, but not that Surrey. I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and died. Played it till my fingers bled. Was the summer of 69. Oh, which Surrey are they from? I think in the UK somewhere. Okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> Not Surrey, British Columbia. No. Did you know that they're a dynamic acoustic duo that's available for weddings, parties, and corporates of, corporate events, all of which have been capitalized for some reason? Yeah, did you we know let, that uh, their website has a picture of three people on it, despite them being called a duo? Really? And the weird thing is, if they weren't called Charisma Duo, you could have told me this was one person on this track, and I would have believed it. It's just, like, acoustic guitar and singing, right? I think mm-hmm. they were a duo for this. They've clearly been tapped for this acoustic 80s rock songs album. Uh, mm-hmm. With... Oh, Alice Lamb is on this one, too. Look at that. So they're... <laughs> they're kind of on that level of, like, yeah. some success, but, like, really, they're, like, working musicians. Well, their description of why you would hire them is whether you want some background music while your guests, while you are guests, are dining, or a dynamic duo who packs the dance floor. Charisma duo are happy to cater for your event. That's good. That's good. And and I mean they they they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're fine. This is. I mean, this is the slow acoustic version. I think. Do you want me the, to say anything the, else the, about the, it? The female part of this duo wants to really cash in. She should just learn guitar. Yeah, you pay one fewer person. Yeah, It'd be great. Double your profits, lady. Um. Okay. So there's a there's a 44 second mark. No, hang on. I gotta find the mark in this song. I I picked the mark for another song. You work with me on this, Alex. Um, All right. Let's see. Charisma duo. At uh, the line is, hang on. So it's it, at the 16 second mark where she says, played it till my fingers bled. Played it till my fingers bled. It sounds exactly like the 44 second mark of the song Rude by the band Magic. Why you gotta be so rude? What? Rude? 
Yes. By magic. The 44 second? Yes. Okay. I don't understand. What do you just, mean you don't oh, understand? wait. Is it rude or rude acoustic? It's no, just rude. And they sound the same? The 16 yeah, second the, mark and the 44 the, the, second? The, mark? the singing. The singing? Played it till my fingers bled. He says, oh, Why I you see gotta what you're be saying. so rude? You, you feel me? You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. Okay. I get it now. That's, I, I know I had to do it that way because you would not know that song because it's just a song that's on the radio. It's true. I don't know that song. I, but I, I haven't even heard it on the radio. I heard it at fairs or something, man. You got to remember, I, I'm, I'm out in the world sometimes. Like, re, like this year? No, it would have been like last year. Oh, okay. All right. That explains it. <sighs> so that's my big observation so for this. That's amazing. Other... That's a deep cut. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a long walk <laughs> to get there. Let me tell you, this one's sad, man. Yeah, I'm just going through it. They don't really do a version of the riff, do they? She ends by telling us that it was the summer of '69. It's uh, it's quite boring. It is. I don't like it very much. You know what's not boring? Cool Train Quartet in the cool year 2016. Cool Train Quartet. I got my first real six string. Bought it at the five and died. Played it till my fingers bled. Was the summer of... So this is a group that got together backing Karen Souza, who mm-hmm. we've talked about before. Yeah, she um, did Get Lucky. Get Lucky episode. As well as another episode, I think. Uh, she's come up but i can't remember for sure so many episodes man anyway this is jazz baby this is baby all aboard the cool train baby what do you think of this version um i think it is weird is there any guitar in this version um the answer is no alex there's not a single fucking guitar in this no, song about no the time you bought your first six string. <laughs> it's a little cool off train brand. quartet is canceled. It's a little off. Man, we're canceling a lot of things today. <laughs> the way we gotta do it. We gotta be, you know, we gotta be decisive in this world if we're gonna get anywhere. Yep. All right. Canceled. Sorry, Cool Train Quartet. Sorry, Karen Souza. Yeah, do better next so time. So these guys do a lot of jazz versions of pop songs, like a lot. Yeah, this is, is their this, fucking bit. Is this, like, old-fashioned, though, or is this modern? I don't know. Yeah, you're asking the wrong fella that question. Mm-hmm. But I would say, because, and I say this all about almost every jazz song we talk about, but I get, like, a lounge vibe from this one. Yeah, I wasn't sure, because I, I, I thought you might um It's not gypsy jazz, like, I can tell you that. It's true. I thought you might compare this to, like, uh... Like a Scott Bradley kind of a situation. I wasn't mm, sure. How do you feel about that? I feel like it's not. Okay. And I, I wasn't I sure. Couldn't tell you. I feel like because these guys are a jazz group who have genuinely gotten together and are just saying, let's do jazz versions of things. That's not necessarily. Yeah, it's different than saying, let's do a 30s jazz version of this. They're just saying, let's do it's jazz. Just j- it's just jazz, baby. Yeah, it's it's about the, the it's about the jazz versions they aren't doing. Yeah, well, and I find it difficult to judge jazz music, and I'm wondering if if that should be part of Better for September. 
maybe I'm loading maybe. too many things on. But like, you're, yeah, you're loading a jazz. lot on the plate. Yeah. That's been my goal since birth, I think, to listen to jazz. Listen to jazz music. I've done it like a couple times, but like it hasn't quite worked out. So who knows? Yeah, it's just, it just it never never permeates my membrane, you know? Yeah. Uh with the with the odd exception. But like I generally it's it's I just don't have access to that. But this I like I don't dislike it when like I I dig this. Yeah, I will say that this is technically proficient. Um, I think the strong points of these this version is the uh, standing on your mama's porch sections where they do a sort of a transfer into a much sadder, sadder sounding piece that I it feels more genuine to me than the sections where she's talking about the six string that she clearly never owned. <laughs> they, were, they just like bring it totally down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. The piano is very skilled. I think it does a lot of emotive work. Yeah, that... that's like the entire thing is like just the piano like doing whatever the fuck it wants. Mm-hmm. That is this song. And like Karen Seuss is holding it down with her jazz vocals, but like I think the piano still steals the show for me because it sort of seems to manhandle the emotional shifts in the song as well. It's definitely doing a lot, which I guess that's what chords are, really. Yeah, I suppose. In a way. But yeah, it's doing that. It's doing it's doing anything. It feels like, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some whistling too. Yeah, what do you think about that whistling, Alex? Um, whistling is cool. Yeah, I'm f- I'm pro whistling. Yeah, uh, that's something I want to be able to do that I can't. So, so way to go, whistle away, my friends. And also, Fuck there's some yeah. dope piano trills, like three twenty ish. I believe that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up on it naturally here. I'm also pro here. piano trill. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Some good stuff. Some good stuff. Yeah, and, and your, your rhythm section's holding it down here. They, they're not standout performances, but they're doing their job to let everybody else do their thing. Absolutely. That's, that's the I, name of the game. I think spiritually, this song is not the right fit for the lyrical content. Because there's no guitar. Yeah, but I think it does have that, and I just don't know about the jazz genre for this, for the even the the topics beyond just a guitar. Yeah, I this hardly I, sounds like far out exciting jazz. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm all about. But, but who knows? Th- I, and that's why again, strong points are when she's singing about the 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 love parts of the song, standing on your mama's porch, where the the piano transitions to a very a soft, sadder point. Like those are the strong pieces of this. The rest of it, as far as I'm concerned, just is is technically sound, but not hitting the points it needs to. Not the thing. Not the thing it should be. Of yeah, it's course. not it, bro. It ain't this, it. This this good work, but yeah, but it misses the mark. Is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, so, I... speaking of missing the mark, let's talk about Alice Lamb. Got my first real six string Bought it at the five and dime Played until my fingers bled It was the summer of 69 Yeah, sorry Alice Lamb. We also talked about Alice Lamb. Uh, Again, no fucking guitar in this. You're cancelled, Alice! And we're cancelling a, a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, no, that's... that's we gotta, that's... We gotta be better, so we need to cancel them. Um, yeah. So, Charisma Duo is the sad guitar version. Yeah. This is the sad piano version. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's slow. It's sad. It's piano. I did. Did I say I she have, did numb. She I did a cover of numb. Four notes. We got on this? A, five notes. Yeah, I she have did numb. That's right. That's what she did. Five and two sub, two sub notes. Okay, my I my don't remember note... <laughs> if I liked her numb version. Is what I'm wondering. I, I'm trying to remember. I didn't, I didn't check. Like, yeah. Obviously, it didn't parse. Could have listened the medium. to it. I, I, yeah. It's, uh, so she's didn't... listed on Google as being a her genre as being seasonal and pop, which is to right. say she she does covers. Yeah, and she was on an album with the Charisma duo. Like that album has her on it too. Oh, that's right. Because I knew the Charisma name seemed familiar too. So yeah, it's um I don't know, man. It's kind of boring piano throughout. She sort of does mm-hmm. the riff a bit. Yeah, and uh, she sings fine. Like I, it's just boring. This is yeah. such a boring version. Yep, that, I'm, that's all I got. We man. can't. We can't. That's yeah. It's just. It's all I got. Let's talk about Leo 2017. Leo. We talk We've about talked about it, probably our most talked about artist. Probably, especially considering like we don't like him that much. That much? It's he like he does good jobs and he does bad jobs. In this, this one, one uh, it's, it's kind of middle middle of the road. For yeah, me. it's middling for me. I, I think I lean more towards good, but I might just like having listened to enough of him now, I might just be like growing fond like, by yep, that's benefit like, of familiarity. It doesn't change too much. Like, it does some metal things. It does some growling. It does some screaming. Mm-hmm. It does harder guitars. It's just, I like, will say this. metallicized. I think the best note I have for this is there's this lead guitar in it that has a sort of very classic power metal kind of vibe to it. It's very bright in terms of its tone, right? It does a couple solos throughout. Oh, for the solos. Okay. Yeah, and I think that plays uh, as a great contrast to the generally heavy composition of this piece. You know, it's that rough, hard metal right guitar and i think that kind of plays to the the idea of nostalgia which has both these light and dark kind of moments coming together sure yeah why not i believe it so that's what i'll say as a, i did kind not of a big positive i did not uh think that much about this version i'll be honest with you well i was mostly like was just... hey he says things funny sometimes yeah that's fair and that's pretty much my reaction to this one. Um, is there a cowbell on the drums? It's what's he hit? It's in the earlier part of it, like the very beginning. Um, like at forty, go to like forty seconds. Actually, go to like thirty seconds. My bad. Do you hear it? That little like that. He's hitting something metallic sounding. It's like ding, 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 ding. I think that's just like a symbol. Like it might be that... a, a close hi hat or something. Oh, okay, I'll believe it. I don't know. It it doesn't sound like a ca- cowbell is kind of duller. Yeah, exactly. It didn't sound like that to me, but I, I, I didn't yeah. parse what, what it as a symbol. I, I, that's what I'm hearing, but I don't know. It, drums can sound so different in recordings based on like mm-hmm. small movements of the, like microphones. So I think that's that's what I'm giving it, at least for now. Right. And yeah. so uh, Leo does on this, uh, and this is where I think he he sort of shines in versions where he does this is he changes up his vocal styling throughout it. That is true. He does, and then he likes growl for a couple words, and yeah, he'll add growl in. He'll take it out. He'll go to just a very plain vocal style, and then kind of build it. 
and that works for me. I always find that works. It builds interest. Nothing stays stale. It's uh, it adds excitement to the song. Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad version. It's a metal version. He does Mm -hmm. a metal version, and And uh, it's it's not like it's clearly like a song. It's not like he dislikes the song or anything. Like he's doing a decent job of it. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, at the end of it, he says, me and my baby in 69. Oh, see, he... here's the thing. I never heard that line in the original song for some reason. And I was listening to the, on the rest of the playlist. Out, I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear that line at all, though. Like, I listened yeah. to another version. They say that. And I was like, oh, they added a line. <laughs> and I went back and it was there. Yeah, it's um, there. I don't know. Weird. But unfortunately, uh, getting the line wrong, especially such a crucial line, uh, means that Leo is canceled. Sorry, Leo. Sorry, Leo. Get the fuck out of here. You're canceled, my friend. Unless he's um, making that a specific choice to establish that this his version is not about oral sex. I haven't actually used that about... term to describe the act yet. So Okay. Um, if it's not about sex things, then I think he's canceled anyway. <laughs> so does that mean Jim Valance is also canceled? <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Yeah, man, everyone's canceled. Yeah, that's a shame. Our, speaking of which, uh, Graham Boulevard in 2019 is immediately yeah. canceled for having this on a July 4th album. This is a Canadian song. Get that weak There's mess out of here. Two Canadian songs on this album. The other one <laughs> What's being the other one. Um, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, for fuck's sake. I know. You can't just take our music and make it Independence Day music. <laughs> this song sounds so much like you're saying, like Americana, that like they put it on this album. Yeah, 100%. Inappropriately. Inappropriately. Um, so, who the fuck is Graham Boulevard? I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime, played it to my fingers bled, was the summer of 69. Is it like an organization that covers songs? Because they have a, like a fucking million cover songs. Uh, there's that as a question. Also, is it Graham Boulevard or is it Graham Beloved? Beloved? Uh, I'm going to say Boulevard. Yeah, probably but, Boulevard. Um, but I don't know, man. Put, put the, whatever vowels you want in. The closest I could just get like to finding the truth, <laughs> just like with mix, mix Picks, on uh, Graham Boulevard was a post on the Steve Hoffman forum. Where a guy said, a friend sent me a CD, which a bunch of cover songs with, yeah, which a bunch of cover songs by Graham Boulevard, but I can't find anything on them. Anybody here know? That was posted in 2009. There are no replies. Nobody knows. since been closed. Nobody yeah. knows who Graham Boulevard is. And I mean, if you listen to the other songs, it's different singers. I don't know if it's different mm. band members, but like, I feel like it's just an organization of some sort. Yeah, it just must be like a rotating cover some, like, group. Some royalty free stuff. Yeah, there is there's essentially the label in the present day that does what covers were originally meant to do, and that's to cash yeah. in on your grandma. Exactly. And uh if you if you look up Grand Boulevard, you may notice there's a YouTube video that has it's the song Love Is All Around. It's the Grand mm-hmm. Boulevard cover. And uh it's the video is just pictures of Natalie Portman <laughs> to the song, put to that song and it just changes the pictures. Different pictures of Natalie Portman for the video, for the duration for the of the song. Video. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that one. Yeah, so this one's got some vocal harmonies at certain points. I've written here, he sings like a bitch. 
I mean, it's true, but I didn't. It didn't spring to mind. I think so. my my initial thought was when the song starts is it's like somebody has him at gunpoint and is forcing him to sing this. I mean, maybe that's how Grand Boulevard operates. That's how why they have so many songs. Very possible. Like he sounds like he's about people. to cry. Sounds changing. Look at everything that's come and gone. gone. Yeah, this oh is yeah! A, a very plain cover that sounds like he was made to tr- trick your grandma into buying it. That's all I have to say about this one. Okay, um, so if you go to the infamous "Me and My Baby" in '69, in a '69 mm-hmm. line, it it kind of sounds like they recorded the two parts separately because he goes "Me and My Baby" '69. Like they don't okay, sound like separate, but like. He only sings me and my baby, but it sounds like its own line. God, like, did it even get to the end of the song? I think I must like have fallen three asleep. Minutes in. Um, you might as well have. Oh, yeah. 69. Yeah, he doesn't even say in 69 or in uh. It's a me Just and says me my, my baby. baby. 69. 69. <laughs> Which I guess Just could another... be telling somebody. You're like, yeah, me and my baby 69 all the time. Also, go to like 140 and listen to what he says. For the killing time line. Mary? Mary. <laughs> is, he t- is he talking about the woman's name or is he talking like he's in a Shakespeare play? Fuck. I don't know. Mary, we oh. were, we're killing time. Mary, merrily, we kill time. Yeah, this, this version is like just kind of a boring one. Yeah, this version sucks ass. Let's get yeah. in. This version our, sucks uh, ass. Yeah, let's get into our uh, final reviews here. Let's do it. Um, three categories today. Worst version, best version, and uh, a version most likely re- to be referring to the summer of 2069. Damn. See, Damn. We gotta, we gotta live till 2069 so we can be the ones to make that. Because someone's gonna. Right, right, so we have Someone to be the gatekeepers. Is what Provided you're there is still such thing as popular music in 2069, who yeah, knows? Indeed Anything can happen. There's such a thing as music. Um, uh, it's a pretty recent uh invention, music. Uh, yeah, it's, I think I it's, it's I, honestly, last. honestly, yeah, I think it's just a fad. It's not gonna. So, yeah, we're just trying to cash in with this. So yeah, really, I mean, we don't really care about music. <laughs> so, <laughs> please. Uh. So best wait what worst version worst first? version oh man um so I'm um, let's narrow this down it's got to be either Graham Boulevard Alice Lamb uh or Charisma Duo yeah what's worst of those three um do 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 you want to do or do any of the pop punk ones make the list I thought they were fine I don't think they were incredible no but... I kind of liked Mix Picks. Yeah, it's got, it's got, you know, it's punk. I like punk. So. And obviously, we both like Tim Timebomb. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, were any of them not canceled? Did <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we cancel all three of them? We canceled a lot of people on this. Um, Actually, oh, we didn't officially cancel Graham Boulevard. I think right off the bat, you said they were canceled oh, oh, yeah, for maybe. the 4th of July. Because the July, yeah, if I didn't say that then, I'm saying it now. They're fucking canceled. Yeah. Um, they, All three of them are like... Just I like just like I don't know. Al Slam doesn't have a guitar, which I think is crucial for this song. Even True. DJ Utsi has a fucking guitar in it. 
Okay. This is a dance remix. Alice Lamb doesn't have a guitar. She only has a piano. But Graham Boulevard is trying to steal Canadian content. And also, they're possibly not even a real group. Yeah, what even, like, can we even give them any designation? Do they even exist? Do they? Yeah, are they even real? I'm not convinced. It's, I think, given the, uh, the abundance of uh, punk covers of this song and the, the sort of working man nature of the song, I have mm-hmm. to say that Graham Boulevard is the worst because they're some bizarre conglomerate that is stealing music to promote a, an American road trip on July the 4th. Yeah, they're just like this weird corporate corporation that's pumping this out. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't even know what they're doing. They don't no, know. Like, it's they fucking don't. Crazy. Yeah. It's Grand Boulevard's worth for me. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to do the same because, like. No, yeah. We, the other we versions get, we were can like. At least the other ones were like. Boulevard all day. At least the other versions were just like people doing a thing. Mm-hmm. This is, at least is it this comes from people? a genuine place. Like, is this just like a simulation? Is there even a band? Yeah, is this, this is. This is like AI music. Yeah, it's. I. I think it's even a step below AI music. <laughs> just a. Just a. No intelligence. No it's I. Just artificial music. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving it to them too. Then. Yeah. Fuck them. Chaos. Best version of this. Best version. Oh man. Um. There were a couple I liked, but I think Tim Timebomb like just pulls it off. Yes. Yeah. Like. Like, it's definitely... And there's some other ones that are like, I don't love this song, really. Mm-hmm. So I did like, like, The Last Fingers and Cool... It was like... Kind of like a fun version. But, I'd, yeah, I really like what Tim Timebomb did with it. Yeah, and like, like, like we've both kind of said, the song for us is a bit overplayed. Like, I'm really not that into the song anymore. Yeah. To the but point like, where... Not into it, but I could sing every lyric. Like. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> like no but problem. What what the Tim Time Bomb version does is it kind of represents the song in a in a very cool way and like I would actually come back to this version and probably will and that's pretty big, I think. Yeah, the and the original like we've said it was a little punky. It's kind of like a more authentic version of that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it works. Works well. Yeah, it's a phenomenal nice version, find. and like we do get some interesting ones. Like, if it wasn't that one, even though I have my gripes with both Cool Train and uh, the Lost Fingers, those are probably your runners up here. Yeah, I, I think they do a good job, and I did like Mix Picks as well. Yeah, I, in fact, I'd probably pick Mix Picks over those, even though yeah, it's a bit plain. But hell, even DJ Ootsie's got some good shit going on here. It's a fine dance version. Yeah. We had some we had some high highs and some low lows in this one, let me tell you. Absolutely. I would agree with that. But yeah, I think Tim Timebob knocks it out. That was one that even just in my cursory listens, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Alex, what's the one of the future? 2069. We're uh, 76 years old. Um, We're looping back and we're doing jazz full time. Cool Train Quartet. <laughs> for sure and in that light circle. it is like a scott bradley's version because we're like oh we need to play some of this old ragtime jazz absolutely that's what's gonna happen uh, mark my words history is cyclical 
even though that wasn't really what we were playing in 1969 was it no i don't think so probably not i'm gonna go with with for similar reasons maybe mixed picks but we're gonna be in a post-apocalyptic future 2069 i think and we're gonna need something that is both uh, anti-establishment but also poppy and feel good so we're gonna get some some, some, yeah some old pop punk with the mixed picks so we're moving towards the pop we're moving towards a pop punk apocalypse yes that's fun to say. Pop punk, a punkalypse, a pop punkalik, a punkalik, a pop punkalypse. See, you're also cutting out a bunch, I think, for this, and so it sounds even weirder. I'm I have cutting no out idea a bun. What's going on anymore? Are you even there? I think for this. Yeah, you're cutting out a lot too. Are we? Uh... We're having some connection issues. Have they found us, sure. Alex? Are we canceled? <laughs> <laughs> shit is this what happens oh man we were canceling too aggressively yeah we've had our powers revoked and and been canceled in the process so that's been our roundup of the song summer of 69 if you agree with us disagree with us or just want to talk to us hashtag cover me pod on twitter at jake the cressy at some alex wise guy or drop us a line at our hip new email address cover me pod at gmail.com that's c-o-v-e-r-m-e-p-o-d at g-m-a-i-l dot c-o-m sick we got a bonus segment real quick it's called looking back to the future alex the year is 2069 you're listening to cool train quartet on the radio and also you're 76 what are you doing what are you up to i'm 76 yeah um I'm just I'm just lounging by my my pool. It's radioactive. I stole it. Okay. You stole um, the pool? Well, the land. Uh everything's radioactive. Classic right? white man. Um it's 76, but we learned how to cure aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's way too many people. It's obviously the pop punk apocalypse. Right, of course. Um there's just way too like there's so many skateboards. You just slip on them everywhere you go. <laughs> Um, that's why I have this pool. I, all I do is lounge by this pool and, like, fight off punks. Well, hang on. The pool must be empty, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just sit by it. I can't swim in it. Yeah. There's no water anymore. Right, there's no water. It's just people doing ollies and and nollies and all sorts of tricks in your, in your pool. It's just skateboards, radioactivity, and my concrete, like, tub. Of nothing. That's uh. And no one ages anymore. Everyone's like, everyone looks like twenty five, like seventeen to thirty two. Okay. Yeah. Man, that'd be so confusing. You'd be talking to somebody, and you'd be like, "Well, you're probably too young for this." They're like, "I'm a thousand years old." You're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, actually, I'm a thousand year old dragon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a child. <laughs> oh. All right. What do you, What are you doing at seventy six? 76, I think, in the year 2076, I'm, uh, like, I'm broadcasting from a, a, an undisclosed location, but I've actually been dead for, like, 10 years. Oh, so are you an AI, or are you just a recording? Yeah, I'm, a co- I'm, like, I'm, like, a combination of AI and, like, a failed brain upload. Okay, failed brain upload? <laughs> so, yeah, like, it stopped halfway through, I got unplugged and died, and then oh, it just, no. like, it sort of gathered shit about me from, like my Twitter account and old podcast recordings. And now I just broadcast things about like where my treasure is hidden. 
And you just constantly say, catch the fever for some reason. <laughs> catch the fever. Catch the fever, everybody. Ride a skateboard. And now for the weather. Catch the fever. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'd listen to that for sure. Well, that's been our episode this time. You guys know where to find us. We already told you. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your grandma about it. Or if you really want to trick her, re-record our episodes yourself. And then give those to your grandma. Yeah. Just throw her for a loop. But make sure you download it as well. Yeah, give gives the downloads her. as well. Yeah. And uh, if my mom is still listening. Hey, mom. Does your mom listen? She apparently listened to part of an episode. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we said something stupid. She's like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, so... Well, I hope she doesn't listen to this one, because we talked a lot about sucking dick and eating pussy. Let me tell you. We sure did. We sure did. As we always say, if you're going to suck dick or eat pussy in in public, be sure to cover me. Or yourself. Use use a covering object. Yeah, just cover up. Cover up. You see... uh, You can still still, uh, transfer uh, STIs Mm -hmm. uh, with, with oral sex. That's right. That's how some Michael Douglas got throat cancer. <laughs> That's right. I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah. <laughs> it's got to come up every once in a while. Every once in a while, we got to remember that Michael Douglas got throat cancer from eating pussy. Mm-hmm. That's what we always say on this podcast. <laughs>